This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Greetings, everyone. So good to have us together at this worship service. And so we're going to gather around and we're going to prepare our minds, our souls, our bodies, and our strength to hear a word from the Lord. Do you have your Bible? Okay. We're ready to go. We're going to begin with a song of praise to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. The words will appear, so we're just going to join in the singing. We're going to be led by our minister of music, Sister Hope Carr, accompanied by her husband, Brother Darnell Carr. We're going to sing praises to the Lord our God. Because when praises go up, blessings come down. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God, how great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God. Let's open our Bibles and go to our scripture reading for our lesson today. The lesson is found in the New Testament Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. Chapter 5, the Gospel of Mark, verses 21 through 43. And listen now for the word of the Lord. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. 
And then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jarius came, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and he begged him repeatedly, My daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed on him. And now, now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus. And so she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. And immediately her hemorrhaging stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of, his, of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, and she fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And while he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter's dead. So why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And so he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, why do you make a commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. And then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. And he took her by the hand and said to her, Ta-ta, come. Which means, little girl, get up. And immediately... The girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. And at this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The word of God for the people of God. Let's all say thanks be. And now I want to pray with and for me. Oh, Almighty God, I stand before you asking that you would allow the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. And let all of us say, Amen. Our sermon topic for the day is, We are connected. We are connected. 
Beloved, our text today tells two quite different but intertwined stories. A, a parent desperately trying to save his daughter and an unnamed woman desperately trying to save herself. First, we find Jarius, a leader of the local religious group of the people, and he, he came to Jesus, kneeling at Jesus' feet. Jarius is a man of great privilege and respected and well-off, a, a religious leader in the entire surrounding area. But his privilege and his status and in this community, his wealth, these things did not exempt him from pain or from fear or from trouble. Despite all his privilege, he's unable to help his 12-year-old daughter, his baby girl, in the end. He's just like every other parent who has begged God to help their child. Oh, child of God, in the scripture lesson, we also see the crowds of people that are pressed in around Jesus, but they, they do move around to make way for Jairus, the religious leader, to pass through. And so when Jairus got close to Jesus, he, he fell at the feet of Jesus, and he began to beg Jesus repeatedly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, come and lay your hands on her so that she may be well and live. So Jesus started the journey with him. Now Jairus is the only religious leader in the Gospels that seemed to really see and accept who Jesus is. The others didn't like him. And so he bows before him and he asks for his help. He demonstrated his faith in Jesus. Oh, I tell you, it's amazing. It's amazing when human desperation gets desperate and what human desperation will do. Jesus saw and he heard the desperation and Jairus' posture and his cry for help. So therefore, without a word of response, Jesus goes with Jairus. This, there's not a minute to lose. Oh, but the crowd surrounds him, just making it difficult to move quickly. They didn't have time for all of this. Move, people! Because Jairus' daughter is dying back at his house. And they must get there quickly. And then, Somebody say, say it with me. And then, and then Jesus stops in his tracks and Jesus asks, who touched me? Because it was a strange question to ask because Jesus fights his way through a crowd. He's being touched at every moment. The Bible says they pressed in upon. Oh, my beloved, can we just imagine the situation? Can we, can we hear Jarius pleading with Jesus? Come on, Jesus, we're in a hurry. We must go. Don't stop. Uh, but Jesus stopped because this was no ordinary touch. Something happened with this touch. Power went out from Jesus without him intending it to happen. Therefore, Jesus refuses to go on. He, he stopped. And he begins to look for the one whose need caused her to reach out so powerfully and touch him. Jesus, Jesus looks for the person whose need causes her to reach out to him in sheer desperation, bold determination, and with faith. And 
There she is. There she is. The woman comes forward, falls to Jesus' feet, and tells him the whole story. She tells Jesus all about her troubles. She tells Jesus uh, that she had been sick for 12 years with a constant flow of blood. She'd seen all the doctors, done all the treatments, and her illness didn't get any better. It got worse. She told Jesus. She had heard about him and, and his power to heal and save, rescue, and restore. She told Jesus and showed him that she had faith in him. Beloved, did this woman had suffered for over a decade, and on top of her physical suffering, this particular ailment had caused her to be excluded from her community. Because according to the purity codes of the religious law back then, women who were bleeding were unclean and sent into isolation. You know what? One ancient teaching warned that even close proximity to a bleeding woman could cause death. And touching a bleeding woman? That was totally unthinkable. Therefore, therefore, according to popular opinion in that day, that kind of thinking could even cancel or terminate out the healing powers of a wonder worker, miracle maker like Jesus. And even though, even though many people had witnessed Jesus' healing power, like today, they did not believe it was possible, even though they had witnessed him. Mm. That's not all. Child of God, let me keep talking about this woman. She was, she was not just isolated and considered unclean once a month, but for 12 straight years every day and always considered unclean. And she tried and failed to receive healing. The Bible says her condition only got worse. So in our story, her presence among the crowd, pushing through them to get to Jesus, is just scandalous, outrageous, and shocking. This woman was thought to be exposing everyone she touched. She risked, she risked squashing Jesus' healing powers with her own supposed dirtiness. Her very presence in our story is unlawful. That's what her culture and religion had taught her. She's illegal. How can you be illegal? She's less than human. She's a nobody. So I dare she push her way to the front of the line. Look, somebody got to go to the front. Why didn't she just get in line like everyone else? Because she wasn't everyone else. Oh, people were talking. You know, people are always talking. They were talking about this woman. This woman is bold. She's rude and she's disobedient to the law. But the truth of the situation is that this woman was at her wit's end. She had had enough pain and suffering. She was sick of being sick. She was desperate. So she risked everything, including perhaps the confidence status of those around her. For just one last chance to be healed. She was a human being in a desperate mode. She, she was not listening to people, but to her faith in Jesus. She, she could hear this voice within her spirit saying, If I, if I, if I, if I, 
if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. So she finally gets close enough to touch his garment. And she feels in her body that her bleeding is stopped. She feels in her body her healing. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then, and then everything stops. Can you imagine how Jarius feels? Can you hear Jarius say, let's go, Jesus. We're wasting time. She's a selfish, line-cutting nobody. Focus on me. I did everything right. I followed protocol. Follow on me and my little, focus on me and my little innocent daughter. But, but Jesus stops anyway. And he finds the bold woman. He, he connects with her. He, he calls her and he gives her a name. Jesus calls her daughter. Oh, my Lord. And then he takes the time and he speaks words of peace and healing and salvation over her. Jesus says, daughter, your faith in me has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And just as she experiences healing and restoration, Jarius gets the devastating news that his daughter has died. Some people tell him, say, Jarius, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore? And Jesus, hearing this, said to them, do not fear, Jarius, only believe, only believe. And then with a select group of his disciples, you can't go with everybody, Jesus resumes the journey to Jairus' house. Jesus barges into Jairus' house, past the mountains, the mourners, and Jesus takes the dead girl's hand, and Jesus says, out loud, he says, little girl, get up. And she immediately gets up, and the truth of this whole situation, this story is revealed. The truth is, not even death. Is strong enough to stop Jesus' healing, saving, and resurrecting power. Because the girl died before Jesus arrived, upgraded his power to another level for those watching. Oh, good God Almighty, confirming the fact that there is nothing too hard for God. With God, all things are possible. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. Oh, amen. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. The heart of people can't even conceive what God has in store for those of us who love and have faith in him. Listen, Jarius and the bold woman in our story. Today could not be more different. He's a parent. His, her illness has likely prevented her from becoming a mother. He's a man of privilege in his society with a well-known name and uh, being a member of a privileged race. She's a condemned nobody and less than human and unwoman in the same society. He's a religious leader. She's been cast out by her religion. He's wealthy. She spent everything she had on failed attempts at cures for her illness. He approaches Jesus with a formal request. She pushes her way forward and does not ask permission. Their stories are different. Oh, 
However, nevertheless, they are connected because their stories depend on each other's faith. The woman has been suffering for 12 years, the entire length of time of Jairus' 12-year-old daughter's life. Both in very different ways. Both expressed incredible faith. Both fell at Jesus' feet. Both experienced God's unconditional love and healing through his son, Jesus the Christ. The woman and the little girl, according to their society, were both unclean, both untouchable. One because of bleeding and the other because of death. And in both cases, Jesus bypasses the religious rules. Jesus breaks the law to help somebody, to help anybody who needs him. And Jesus, Jesus calls them both daughters. Their healing, their salvation was not in competition their pain was not at odds. Their need for Jesus was snugly, tightly connected. And so is ours, and so is ours, and so is ours. Listen, listen. Beyond race, ethnicity, gender, educated, uneducated, Democrat, Republican, or independent, evangelical, traditionalist, fundamentalist, progressive, who cares? We are obsessed with our divisions when we need to be obsessed with the love of Jesus Christ for all humanity. Because as human beings, we can and we will find ourselves in need of a miracle from a man named Jesus. A miracle that only the love and power of God can provide. That's what the church needs. Love produces miracles. God is love. Love is what we need. It's all about love. When we release our ego minds and open up our spiritual hearts and, and our souls and our spirit, then the world will know we are Christians by our love. Not by our denominations, non-denominations, or our titles. Somebody needs to say amen. Oh yeah, the two stories were heard very differently, but they both connected by their faith in Jesus. If you believe in the power of Jesus Christ, we are connected. Beloved, our lives are connected. If this pandemic taught us anything, it is the fact that we are connected. As different as we are, that's beautiful. And as different as the way we come to Jesus are, or whether with dignity or without, with privilege or without, we all come to Jesus in our desperation from time to time. And we will all fall at his feet one day. Jesus looks into the face of each one of us, you and me, and everyone who is so different than us. And he calls all of us daughters. Oh, in the African-American tradition, every woman over 75 is called mother by those younger. And she then calls all those younger daughter a son. It says we're connected. It says we matter. As an older human being, I may know the way, but I need the energy of young people to get us there. Don't leave me out. You need me. I need you. Therefore, may we look around 
and all God's creation and all the world's desperation and all the right and wrong ways people are reaching out for help. And let us recognize that our lives and our stories are tied together as human beings created in the image of God. And may we, like Jesus, speak words of peace to each other and perform acts of healing and resurrection for each other in Jesus' name. How exciting that is. In fact, Jesus says that when we are empowered with the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, when we plugged into the Holy Ghost, we will do greater things than Jesus did. That's what Jesus said. Glory to God, the church of Jesus Christ needs to believe those words. There's a song we sing that says, I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. And we're all a part of God's body. It is God's will that every need be supplied. You, you are important to me because I need you to survive. So, I'll pray for you. Will you pray for me? I love you. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth because I love you and I need you to survive. I need you to survive. Our faith in God connects us. In Jesus' name, may this word blesses your soul. Need be supplied. You are important 
to me. I need you to survive. Oh, you're important to me. I need you to survive. I hope that this word blesses you, as I said earlier. So now I open the doors of the church and I invite you to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Just go to our website, fill out the form, and we will contact you. Also, I hope that you'll say amen to this sermon by hitting the thumbs up button. And I hope that this word preached today, the music that undergirded the word and freed your hearts that you heard. We are connected. Connected by our faith in Jesus the Christ. I love you. And now, to the only God and Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forevermore. In Jesus' I need you, you need me, we're all a part of God's body, stand with me, agree with me, we're all a part of God's body, it is his will that every need be supplied, you are important to I need you to survive. You are important to me. Need you to survive. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. I love you.